everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 271 for the week of July 20th, 2013. I'm your host, Chris Privets, here, here with RP Gamers ga- Band of Merry Men. Yes. No. And women. Some, well, something like that. Merry persons. Men, women, and indeterminate. Merry non gender specific pe- persons. Starting off with John Yearworth. Hello. It just doesn't come off the tongue the same. All right. <laughs> Followed by Emmanuel Marino. Hello. And finally, Anna Marie Privetier. Hey, Quinn, I have a really important question for you. Which is? As do I. If Kate gets birth in the middle of the night, are they going to wake up the Queen Mom? Probably. Also, the Queen Mom is dead, and she has been for a number of years. Oh, sorry. You know who I mean. The Queen. Yes. Yeah, they'll probably wake the Queen up. Probably. You think Why so? Why wouldn't you wake the queen up? Because she's yeah. like 90 million years old and sick. And yet she's still ripping on Chris Christie. <sighs> really? Yeah, that is not say, real. And don't smack talk our queen. Oh, wasn't? Okay. No. Okay. You didn't tell me that. Uh, well, it's I'm from a sorry. satire column in the New fine. Yorker. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. Dork. Sorry. The onion, is that real? This can't be real, right? <laughs> like By the for... way, that's our host, Chris Privetier, who didn't already, introduce himself yet. I introduced myself before I said any of you. I don't think so. I did the He's rude selfish intro. like that. Yeah, Anna, you should uh, You uh, married a guy. Yep. She should know. She married me. What are we talking about? Hey! So, how are things? We bought a house. We bought a house. And the next day, the air conditioner broke. Yeah. Welcome to homeownership, and you're responsible for that all by yourself. I know, it's yeah. so fun. <laughs> so I have done an obnoxious amount of research on SEER ratings, and um, I can't remember the other one for the you air know, I can recommend a good website for that. Is uh, the Wirecutter and its sister sites, Sweet Home and such. They're like, they're just, it's a great site where if you don't want to spend 100 hours doing which, okay, this one is better than this one because this one does this one, but this one's cheaper than that one because it doesn't do this one. The Wirecard just says the best AC unit on the market for mid-range, expense, high-end, and then sort of the middle. Well, the funny thing is, is I found a couple of sites like that, but they ended up sort of not applying to us because some of the things that were considered best for our home size mm-hmm. actually aren't actually are going to be more expensive than getting the next level up because right now in Wisconsin, there are like massive tax breaks for upgrading your AC in furnace. Hmm. Interesting. It's like a thousand bucks. Because they want everyone to get off the old like energy suckers. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the funny thing is, is we actually looked up the furnace that we have and it was like a top of the line Linux 25 years ago. Linux makes ACs too? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, not Linux. Linux. Oh. Oh, right. I was a little confused there. And I just wait for the next Humble Bundle. Maybe they'll include an AC unit. <laughs> it looks like furnace. PC Max, Linux, and AC. Woohoo! We win! You, you, know, you know that technology's gone somewhere when they finally port Tetris to an AC unit. Well, doesn't I bet the Nest plays Tetris? Yeah, I was gonna say our the the human the uh, the thermostat we're getting is so smart it probably could have some basic games on it. Well, the, the, what is that is the general for the, the, the sort of litmus test? I mean, I'm pretty sure you can play Tetris on calculators. Does it play Doom? 
that's the real question. Manny, the wire cutter does not co- cover home furnaces. It covers no, their sister site, the Sweet Home, I think. Oh, okay. Thank you. This wire yeah. cutter place is nice. It's like oh, best. it's great. Sometimes if you just want to know what okay, I need a small thirty-two inch TV. What's the best in the market? And there it is. And they update constantly. Like uh, they just did a great one on the um, the best US, USB three point thumb drive. Yeah. And like by far and away the um, the Standish Extreme is like the fastest on the market. A hundred megabyte a second read speeds. Well, well over like almost one hundred ninety. Really good stuff. <laughs> hey, so I wonder, Chris, if you could find the frame that you want for your TV. Yeah, maybe. I'll I'll take a look. Um sweet. <laughs> okay. Best cheap vacuum. There we go, Anna. There we go. Best home kettle. Oh, I was looking at the one, that one. I didn't buy it. Oh, I should have got that one, Anna. Oh. What? Huh? Huh? I'm seeing things. I've made bad choices in my life is what I'm learning. Yeah, the, the great websites. Me. The best washer and dryer. Sweet. Let's go. <laughs> Actually, we should look at that. <laughs> I, there were two that I would would have considered anyway. So, yes. And they always give you a range. And, not, and then you just name it. They give you like a long <laughs> like article that gives you each reason why they picked, chose this one over like the 20 others that they looked at. Oh, they say the best vacuum is a Dyson. We got to shell out. The best blender, Anna? Five hundred dollars. I don't <laughs> well, you think need that's to buy the, the best of every one. <laughs> I'm just Chris. Looking. You could buy the medium one or even the low end one. It's still pretty good. Well, they don't show that here. I have to click on things. Where's furnace? Okay. So anyway, um, what are we supposed to be talking about during this segment? I don't even remember anymore. Uh, laundry detergents. So the best laundry detergent is Tide <laughs> HE Vivid White Plus Brightness. There you go, guys. I'm still Wait, not what? seeing furnaces or air conditioners on this site, sadly. It's okay. Yeah, they only cover like Yeah, there portable. it is. Best air conditioners. Yeah, but like those are in window units. Oh, how yeah. sad. Yeah, I need full home central AC. We do central oh, that's... AC here. Oh, Anna, the best shower head. Oh. I like a... the one we got. Oh, this one looks way better. <sighs> Manny, you should not have shown him this site. <laughs> Chris. I'm only buying things off this site from Chris. now on. Chris, we're recording what? a show. Oh, right. Let's see. What do we do here? How about not playing? Well, let's see. How about oh, feedback? Yeah, we're supposed to start with what we played. Okay. What'd you play, Anna? Um, I've been playing SMT4. So it is um, definitely a mainline SMT game. I just about threw the 3DS against the wall. Friggin' Minotaur. Arrgh! Bosses are hard. So do you like the game or not? I do when it's not making me very, very angry. So do you like the game or not? <laughs> I do when it's not making me very, 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 very angry. It took me like five hours to beat the stupid Minotaur. And that's like what, the first boss? It's the first major boss. And so the problem that I was having is it's like I was the air quotes right level and so I had like all of the right demons to beat him and to exploit all of his weaknesses and to buff me and to debuff him and I was using the right conversation choices and then halfway through the fight I would get some crap RNG and he would kill two of my guys RNG? Random Random number generator generator. Mm. So a random attack would happen that would wipe you out is what right. You're to say. He would get like a critical 
And I mean, he gets three turns, which is the first time I've ever seen anything like that get three turns. And he'd be like, critical. So he'd get a press turn. Critical, the same guy again. Second press turn. It's like, duh! So. Yeah. I finally beat him. And then it was great because one of the things that you can do in this game is called Demon Whispering. And basically when um, a demon learns all of their abilities, they are able to transfer any of their abilities to you. And if you transfer the same one over and over again, it powers it up. So um, the next boss is weak to wind. And I had like Xan plus five. So it was like super cheap to cast it. I think it's like three MP to cast it. And I have 130. So Demon Whispering, you said? Yes, Demon Whispering. So that's how Cesar Milan does it. That's how what? Oh, never mind. You guys know who Cesar Milan is? No. No. He's the Doug Whisperer? No. What? All right. I'm sure someone at home is laughing their butt off. (laughs) Somebody got the joke. Good job, Manny. Good job. Okay. Um, And yeah, beyond that, I'm definitely enjoying the recruitment system. Um, It can be a little obnoxious, but as soon as I realized that... um, you have to, it's like the other SMT games. You don't have to be honest. You have to kowtow to the demon's personality. So, you know, if there's yeah, aggressive... That's what SMT is. Yeah. If there's an aggressive demon, you choose an aggressive answer. And if there's an intelligent demon, you have to make sure you're not cheating them. So this is actually one of the cool things that this system has. Is It's like as you're negotiating, it will ask for things. And you can give it to them, you can cheat, or you can tell them no. And uh, I mean, if, and if you don't have it, you can tell them you don't have it. And so um, there's sort of a really interesting mix to see what sort of crap you can get away with before making them angry. Because some of them ask for like pretty rare or pretty expensive items. And it's like, you know, Mazionga stone. <laughs> I don't have one of those. Have a Mazio stone. Hey, I'm happy now. <laughs> Woohoo! You know, the funny thing is that I, I, I heard lots of people complaining who aren't really into the game. Like, the, the thing feels so random. It, it just feels like there's no there's no sense of reason, rhyme or reason to it. But it sort of just, I've always felt like it's just more like go with the flow of how each in the conversation feels. Yeah. Everyone feels I mean, different. Yeah. And I mean, this is the thing. Is it is an SMT. It is a mainline SMT game. It is hard. I mean, one of the things that the game tells you like four times in the first two hours is random battles will kill you if you're not careful. And they totally do. The cool thing is, is that there are two systems in place. Number one, if you die twice, you unlock easy difficulty. And it is definitely easy. Like uh, I got stuck on a boss that I didn't want to screw around with. So I set it to easy and killed it. And then I set it back up to normal. So you can switch on the fly. Yes. Wait, you That's cheated good. on the Minotaur after all that? No, no, oh. no. I beat the Minotaur legit. But then you. Can oh, miss. but come on. That's sad. Don't let's not think of easy mode as not legit. We okay. all don't have like a million no, no, hours. And you're totally right. Because um, I actually flipped it down to easy to do some grinding because I wanted to um, negotiate with a bunch of demons and fuse up at one point. So yeah, I flipped it to easy so that I could just grind through what I needed to until I found the demons that I wanted. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I apologize for the crass comment. And the other cool thing is, is when you die, you actually meet Charon, who is guarding the river sticks. Because there's so many people dying, he just doesn't want to add one more to the line. So you can bribe him. 
Hmm. And you can pay him in in-game currency, Maka, or you can bu- uh, buy off your death with play coins. So walk more, live more. Yeah. There you go, Nintendo and Atlas. That's positive thinking. Walk to live. <laughs> walk to live. So yeah, I mean, I've been typically paying nine to thirteen game coins to to get myself back up. I think I've only died and not reset maybe three or four times. So that's been good. So you're um, gonna stick with it then? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I plan to stick with it for now at least. So what's the difference between this? Like, what about this mainline SMT game is making you stick with it? Just just a little easy mode. The fact that you can pay with play coins to revive yourself is that enough to keep you going? Yeah, I mean, part of it is that. Part of it is you, you didn't get Mudo in the first dungeon. Mumble, 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 nocturne. And uh, yeah, I just. There's some cool elements, and I like the story better in this, and I remember liking Nocturne story. Um, so this is you um, live in an, in a, a you know a beautiful verdant kingdom, and you are part of the class called the Casualries. So you're the working class, and there's also the luxurers, and they're like the 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 highborn. But um, once a year, everybody can try out the gauntlet trial, and if you pass, if the gauntlet accepts you, you become a samurai. And they have a very, very specific way of pronouncing that. A samurai. Yes. Do they pronounce like a weeboo trying to be Japanese? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, it's pronounced samurai. It means literally those who serve. Samurai. Samurai. So yeah, beyond that, the story is really good. Um, the problem is, is I want to talk about the story because it has like a huge no. trip to it, but it's a spoiler. Yeah, like apparently, it's the first half is boring. The characters are boring purposefully, so. Yes. But so the first, the first like six hours of the game are slow, very slow, mostly because you are limited to three levels of the same dungeon. Yeah, you're you're just you're in the first three levels of the first dungeon for hours, and you're just going in and coming out and going in and coming out. And I mean, there's a reason behind it all. Um, but yeah, it starts off painfully slow, and then it picks up, and at about well, I think I hit it at about mm, eight hours. There was like plot twist. Ow. Sorry. Did you see it coming a mile away, Anna? No, I didn't see it coming at all. It was like, holy crap, I'm here. So that was cool, and I'm definitely enjoying being there and discovering what is different about there versus the Eastern Kingdom of Mikado, where I'm from. Mm. So, And I'm very, very, very suspicious of the abbot. It's he a religious was- guy in a JRPG. <laughs> Naturally, What's to be you suspicious, have to be suspicious of, right? Him. Yeah, um, because he seems to know more than he's telling me. What? Someone, a figure of religious authority, knows more than he's telling you? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so it is a little tropey, but um, yeah, they they work it out really good. And yeah, beyond that, um, really, really nice balance of demons. And. Um, I like that the Cathedral of Shadows can be accessed from anywhere at any time. It's just an app. The other cool thing is that... There's an app for that? 
there's an app for that and there's an app for many things actually so as part of your gauntlet um, there is a program that you can choose apps and basically they're add-ons that change the way that you play the game so for example um, there is an app that in, um, recovers your HP and MP while you walk that's two different apps there's an app that helps you negotiate with demons better there's an app for demo demo linguistics so that you could understand demons that would otherwise be unintelligible which completely opens up a huge pool of demons you couldn't other- Apple is going to sue so quickly for this <laughs> there's an app for that and yeah I mean you get 10 app points per level and an app is anywhere from 5 to 50 points to purchase. How many apps can you install? Do you like we'll have like a 32 gig drive on your in- gauntlet or something? Infinite. infinite. You can purchase as many apps as no, you No, how can many af- can you have active at once though? All of them. What? All of them. It's a quantum drive, man. Unlimited storage. It's but cloud you, storage. There you, you were go. choosing what apps you wanted. Yeah, oh, but, wait, that was I, Soul Hackers, wasn't it? Yes. I lost. I confused the games. No, it's okay. Yeah, so in Soul Hackers, you have five slots. Okay. And you. Well, Chris, you can confuse the computer systems and make a 10 games? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And in SMT4, you have to buy the apps with the app points, and that's a very limited currency. So you have to choose which direction you'd like to go with your apps. And that's the limiting factor. We've already made the there's an app for that joke, right? Yes. Okay. Quite good. a number of oh. times. And okay. we made the lawsuit joke too. Oh, all right. And I will say that if you're playing it, make sure you get the free DLC because it gives you a three-piece set of armor, like a head, a body, and a leg that I'm like level 20 and I'm still wearing it. I'm like 12 hours into the game. I'm still wearing it. So it is like two thumbs up awesome. What, did you get the Amazon? Uh, did you order from Amazon? I did, and I got the Prime cloak, and it's not as good as the free DLC armor. But doesn't it? It looks like a cardboard samurai outfit, right? Yes, it looks so oh. stupid. Samurai. It's ugly. Whoever said wearing cardboard boxes would be sexy or attractive? <laughs> Yeah, beyond that, um, there's a cool DLC you can get. I think it's like two bucks at this point. And uh, it lets you go to a different place that's out of space and time and lets you grind for experience books. So that's cool. And I think that's SMT4. Cool. Okay, I want to talk about what I've been playing. I've been playing a a meta game. Buy a house. No, I've been Pay playing. I no, the Steam Summer Sale, man. I've oh. been collecting. I've been collecting trading cards and and selling them on the marketplace and buying other trading cards and running game multiple games overnight to collect multiple trading cards. I wish you could talk about playing taxes. Paying taxes that sounds more interesting. <laughs> man, I've bought a lot of games this week. Stupid sale. Man, Steam is brilliant. So there you go. It's official. Steam achievements never don't matter, and they never really have. But cards, right? Yeah, cards and badges. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How I, addicted are you? Oh man, uh, I, I'll be over it once the sale's done. Sure, that's what they'll say. <laughs> that's what they'll say. Uh, what what is what, I also picked up Knights of the Old Republic on the iPad, but I still haven't had a chance to play it. So. I don't have much to report on this week other than, what did I play? Oh, 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 um, Earthbound came out. 
On what? On the virtual console on the Wii U. Ah. And I have a Wii U. So Anna can attest to the fact that I downloaded it and I put in a few hours to it. And yeah, that's Earthbound. And How, you can play it, it now. Um, pretty well. Um, it's Earthbound. It's just I'm realizing that I was more entertained by games when I was younger. Yeah. TV and, shows were better when you were younger, too. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. I am it's, having fun watching him play it, though. I, the game's still as good as it was, but I just think that um, going through it a second time, it's like, well, I think I'm older and I want to do something new more than well, I want to play this again. Pokemon is still the same game, yeah. but I loved it when I was in middle school, and I don't like it now. It has a, If anything, it's only gotten better since middle school, mm-hmm. but I don't want to play it anymore. I don't like it anymore, mm-hmm. but I loved it back then. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. Sometimes, yeah. you grow, sometimes, for some reason, you may grow out of something. It's not that, it doesn't mean that people who still like it are children. It just means, for whatever reason, your tastes have changed, and that's fine. That's great. I think what it is, is I know too much about the game, and I want to be halfway through it, and I'm at the beginning. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because there's all these I, I things the I want access Pokemon. to that I don't have access to yet. Yeah. I feel the exact same way about Pokemon. I want to get to the good parts already. I want to be, you know... Yeah. High level trading and battling, but I'm stuck in this town talking to this guy, going through this, you know, this forest or whatever. But I, I hear you, man. It's cool. But uh, honestly, uh, I saw a comment from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku saying, "Remember, guys, this is a game from uh, what he said 15 years ago or something like that, and it and it has the same faults as a game from that long ago has." Yeah. And I, I found that comment weird because the only fault I know about in Earthbound is the inventory system being really limiting, and you have to make a lot of choices there. Um, until you get more party members. But beyond that, they have a lot of things that were advanced for the time, like the the auto-resolving battles when you are higher level than the enemies running around on the map, and you can easily grind things without having to actually issue an attack command. You just run up to the thing, and it says, whoop, you, you win, you get experience. Go do something else now. Um, it, I always felt that the game was kind of pushing it. Ahead of its time? Yeah, but, <clears throat> oh well. No, um, it's interesting. I've been playing a lot of older games myself, and there's definitely, like, just notions of game design back then like 15 even less 10 years ago that just seem like unacceptable by today's standards well yeah i was curious what these other unacceptable things are because i'm wondering if i actually agree with them Hmm. um because maybe there's things that some people think are unacceptable but you know us old school gamers don't well, it's like you said, you, I mean, you, you have so many, you have a new wife, you have a new house, you have so much, you have work and you have so many other games to play. I, I mean, I can't blame you for wanting to be halfway through the game to the fun part or the part that youth perceive as fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're not hardcore enough. You well, gotta... it's more like um, I've played this all before. So the, the slow parts where you're, you're just immersed in the world and grinding and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to skip past that and just hit all the highlights. I want the highlights version of 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 Earthbound. So do you think it's like fat and you just want to trim that off? Or is it still important to the game? Well, f- trimming fat is an interesting statement because in a steak, the fat is where all the flavor is, right? Mm. So, <laughs> But you don't... I don't know. Some people don't eat the fat though, right? <laughs> oh, they're making a mistake. Um, I used to think that too. And then I got into ribeyes. Um, I don't think it's fat. Now he's really hungry. Just, it, but yeah, I am really hungry. But it's just that I've eaten this meal before, and I know it takes a while to eat. Hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, uh, it's fine. Honestly, I've been playing it, and it, 
it's just I, I have enjoyed what I've been playing. I've got like five other games going on at the same time, and I want to get into all of them. Hmm. I don't know. You know, it's weird. I played a little bit of the Knights of the Old Republic, and yeah. it feels almost new on an iPad. Does it? <laughs> See, well, and it, I it, never played it before, so it will be new, other than the fact that I know the big plot twist. It plays surprisingly well. It really does. Be- well, because it's all, you know, it's a, it's not an action-based system. Everything pauses. You issue orders. You watch it. Watch it. But, like, the, the most action-oriented thing you do is move across the screen, and that works well enough. So... But then, but then again, that's definitely an old game as well. Here, let's yeah. talk about games I bought this week. I also picked up uh, Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition on Steam. Because mm-hmm. I hear that's, you know... Well, I don't hear anything about it, but I wanted to try it finally. Oh, there's a big kerfuffle. So the only reason why you can buy that one is... So apparently, the people who made it, like Overhaul Games, they have... The reason why they even did this to begin with was to promote their little... Their digital distribution service for small... For older titles and indie titles. Beamdog, and, right? Yeah. Yeah. And apparently Atari asserted their rights or whatever, like just recently. And they said, no, you can't sell it on the app stores for uh, the iPad or the Mac app store or on your store anymore. Only we're going to sell it from the Steam store. What? So as a result, they stopped work on Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition. They were already like – they already started recording voices and they were well halfway through. Yeah. Uh, and they also there was a big patch coming to Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition that would fix a lot of stuff, add some content, uh, and streamline the user interface and add a lot of stuff to it. So That's who am I supposed to be up. mad at here? The fact that they were using this game that a lot of people want just to promote their app store? Hey, but they put it on a... other stores as well, though. Yeah. Well, through Atari, apparently. Well, apparently Atari just made the deal to put it on Steam because people kept on asking for Steam version. Yeah. And they said, oh, uh, people want to do a Steam version. They went back to Atari, one of the rights holders, and said, people really are, really want a Steam version. What can we do about it? It's like, oh, we'll handle it. Okay, yeah, if people want that, we'll do it. And then they did it, and now they're saying, oh, by the way, only we're going to sell the game from now on. That's kind of mean. But like the iPad version, like they did it for twofold. They wanted to. They said this game would be great on an iPad, uh-huh. and they did that. They did all the work to do that, and now they can't sell it anymore. Hmm. So that kind of sucks. Come on. Yeah, that does suck. And that patch would have added, would have fixed a lot of stuff too. So it's a, it's a crappy situation, and I'm sure a lot of people are waiting for Baldur's Gate Two Enhanced Edition. Yeah. So probably not going to happen now. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's sad. I brought the I brought the room down. You did. You brought it way down. All right. What else did I buy? Have you played any of it at all? What? The Enhanced Edition? Edition? No, I don't even have it installed yet. I, right. I just got my PC working last night. I've been on my Mac for the past, like, two weeks. Oh, no. How did you live with it? Um, Pretty well. A lot of the indie games are on there, so I was playing those yeah. and running those. There's some good Humble Bundles, too, yeah. while uh-huh. you were during the break. Uh, even the, Humble, the e-book bundle yeah, was pretty good, I picked good that too. up, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've already read three of the books out of it. No, seriously? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were reading those. Mm-hmm. What? I read what? them on. I read two of them on the camping trip. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah, I love. They give you like every format, so PDF, uh, Mobi. Uh, what's the other one? I don't know. EPUB. EPUB. Yeah, you can read it on anything. It's great. I'm sure you just sent it to yourself on your iPad, right, Anna? Kindles. By email. We send it to our Kindles. No Kindle. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, send it to your Kindle. Cool. It's super nice. 
What's not so nice is the Humble Weekly Sale. I don't like those as much. Uh, the Jim Guthrie soundtracks are great. Oh, wait. I did buy that. So this is the first one I liked. <laughs> to be fair, though, I understand why they're smaller scale, because you have to do one every single week. Yeah. So it's, I don't mind it too much. Yeah. I kicked the guy like, you know, like $4. Why not? What? Oh, I did buy something on the Humble store this week as well. Um, the uh, Rogue Legacy. Because I wanted to buy it from the developer directly. Oh, that's right. They they use the Humble Store widget. Mm-hmm. I love the Humble Store widget. You get a DRM-free cross-platform and you get a Steam key. Yeah, it's nice. Isn't that awesome? That's that like the awesome. best of all worlds. How could yeah. anybody complain about so that? I, can play I it on actually Steam have and a client we- that's like seriously looking into that. So if There's no complaint. Well, I have to understand. What I want to know is how much do those Steam keys cost them? Because Nothing. Steam keys are free. Seriously? Okay. You can generate as many Steam keys as long as you're on the Steam store. Okay. I didn't know that. From what I understand. If that's the case, then yeah, this is awesome for them. And uh, it's not like the Mac App Store or Apple App Store where they give developers 50 codes. Like, so like, uh, like for example, we, we got a review code for uh, Deus Ex uh, the fall. And uh, I think Mac handed it over to, to Sam because she was a big fan of the previous Deus Ex games, right? She's going to do a review for it. But right. They didn't say – well, I guess that's – unless you – I don't think she's she's an experienced iOS gamer. I don't think she plays a lot of this kind of stuff because she didn't – because I guess you I guess you have to – this is a lesson people have to learn the hard way. You make this mistake like once or twice and then you, you figure out like, oh, crap. I always need to check the tiny fine print at the bottom that says usable only on these tiny – on these three devices. Oh, she redeemed it and she didn't have something she could use it on? Apparently, it works on everything but an iPad too. Oh, ouch. Which is weird, though, because it runs on an iPad mini, but it doesn't run on an iPad 2. It's the same hardware. Oh, that is weird. So it's not really her fault. I can't blame her for that one. I mean, it's a legitimate, mis- it's a legitimate mistake anybody could have made. But I think you and I, Chris, because we've been on Staff Force for so long, you well, know that you can get no, screwed like that. Well, remember, I just always update my iDevices pretty regularly. Yeah. So I never really have to worry about it. Oh, that's me, I, I check all the time. Yeah, that's how I, I, I see around. the complaints in the Mac App Store, and I say, they said at the top, check your system requirements. And they say, why does this work on my 11-inch MacBook Air? Because it says you need a freaking exter- you know, a, a discrete graphics card. It's said right <laughs> there at the top. What, are you dumb? Can't you read? No, but I understand. So I don't blame – it was an honest mistake on her part. I mean, you would Manny. assume if it worked on an iPad mini, mm-hmm. it would work on an iPad too. So anyway, so Manny. they sent her the – if there is one thing that I have learned, it's that gamers don't read. No, they do not. Anna, you're absolutely right. You've So the release date for Rune Factory 4 changed on Amazon this week. You would be stunned by the number of people who messaged Netsume complaining about it. Stunned. <gasps> what happened? What is, why are and they, they like complaining? announced it like months ago that it was going to change or something? There's no official release date. Oh. oh, right. And Natsume isn't publishing it. Oh. You're right. You're right. Because Amazon just, they update things as they assume. Let's say December 31st. Yeah, right here on Amazon. Rune Factory 4 by Xseed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hint, I people. Xseed is publishing Rune Factory 4 for reasons also... I Anna wouldn't let me tell you. But yes. <laughs> oh, but like back to the little quick story about the... Yeah, go ahead. It was uh, so I understand it's an easy mistake to make, especially if it runs an iPad Mini. But because they uh, because Square Enix as a whole only gets fifty codes, by that point they sent it out to everybody. So like I think they Mac tried to say like, oh here, use this code for yourself, play it on because you have a device that I can use. You could talk about it on the podcast. 
doesn't work and they were never going to get any more because they already sent it out to Kotaku and the Destructoid and you name it. Those things are gone and they're never getting any more. Wow. So that's how that works. So we'll just have to, so I guess we'll just have to wait for, uh, you know, for the iPad to update before she can talk about it. Which is funny. But that's just how that works. But with Steam, though, it's, they, they give, if you, you're on the store, you can give out as many as you want to. Isn't that great? Oh, someone's asking what the Humble Widget is. Uh, the Humble Widget is, the people who make the Humble Bundle also have a little web widget that lets developers sell the game directly from their website with whatever options they want for the for the sale. So you can say like a one-time price for like $5, $10, and you can stipulate, okay, well, I wanted to sell it for $10. I want it to be Windows, Mac, and Linux. I want it to be DRM-free. I want to include a Steam code. Oh, and if you buy the special edition, I want to include the soundtrack as well. So it's – oh, and the cut that developers get is actually pretty high. I think developers get like 95% of the, of the profits from the Humble Widget, which is a huge cut compared to most other stores. Like that's a gigantic cut. Most stores take 30%, which is why indies love it because they get most of their money. Uh, fans love it because you get DRM-free copies, which is good for PR. And if you want DRM-free copies, you got it. And you don't hear the people complaining. It's like, I only want it on Steam. Well, you get Steam too. So it's really great. It's really flexible too. Yeah. That's why I love the Humble Widget. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. There you go. That was my rant. Which is why Apple, I wish Apple would learn from that. They, sh- they need to do that. I, I could uh, totally, I, I totally understand Square Enix. They're like, oh yeah, we would totally love to give you another code because it sucks that this happened. But ain't gonna happen. Those are gone. <laughs> there you go. Inside baseball. <laughs> but it's fun. So, Manny, what have you been playing? Um, I, uh, I've been blasting through the past. So I'm in a different home situation right now. I'm on the East Coast. Are you still in Delaware? Yep. It's one fourteen p.m. It is late. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I couldn't bring all my stuff with me, so I figured I'd bring my GameCube because I had a cop because I thought it'd be easy to carry. It's small, and I had Paper Mario Thousand Year Door that I wanted to try. Ooh, out. that's a great game! And I figured, hey, now's my chance to finally play it since it's I, a very I simple no- game, but you end up appreciating it more than you think you would. I, I played only a little bit of it, but uh, like maybe first thirty minutes, just try it out, and yeah. I was instantly impressed with like the little things they are doing to sort of twist. The sort of JRPG yeah. tropes, like uh, in the opening sequence, you, there's like a little thing, scene that's ha- like you're talking to some guy, and it's you know you expect the big word bubbles going back and forth, and then in the background there's a real time conversation happening between two characters, yes, and, like little word bubbles are happening, <laughs> and like I'm not even reading what's going on in front of me, I'm like what's going on back there, I'm like, <laughs> is that guy getting bullied by some people? <laughs> it's just so weird. That I love like, that game. They just they do these little things that you expect, and they instantly just sort of flip it on its head, like or even little stuff like the ship comes to the port, Mario gets off, the ship comes out of the water, flips around, you realize it's a two D image, <laughs> it flips back around and sails back the way it came out. Mm-hmm. A lot of little stuff like that. So I think it's pretty clever so far. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting more into it. But I've uh, taken a little break from that because I don't know why, but like I said, I'm, I've been on a GameCube kick, so I've been playing Animal Crossing on GameCube. Oh, the good um, version. With all the little games. It's, there are some stuff, like some quality of life enhancements that have been added to the other ones. Like, I wish I had more storage in my, in my little, uh, yeah. in my cupboards. But then I just, now, but, but... I hate the overworld view in the other ones. 
It is. I, it does. The 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 cube section, like the cubed off blocks, does make it easier to fish because you just leave the block and then you come back and there's another fish. Okay. So everything resets. So it's pretty easy to go bug hunting. You know, just wander around. Um, but I've been also playing some other GameCube classics. So I picked up Star Wars Rebel. I mean, Star Wars Rogue Squadron two and three, really cheap. And I p- even picked up Star Wars: The Clone Wars on GameCube because I heard because well, Greg Kasavin said it was an okay game. <laughs> I checked out the old GameSpot reviews. Okay. Uh, I finished the Clone Wars in like about like half a day. It's really short. Not the best game. So, shocker! Something from the Clone Wars is not that great. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm yeah. So, it was okay. You got the place a hover tank. The story was terrible. Uh, I didn't even realize it was going to have a story until halfway through when there was like some Sith super weapon. I beat it in a city. It was a, I'm, I'm glad I didn't pay anything for it because it was, it was just an okay rental, something to play during the, on, you know, on a, on a, on a lazy afternoon, lazy, hot, humid afternoon. I hate this place. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, I'm playing a little bit of Rogue Squadron 2 and talking about, remember we were talking about earlier about how. Old game design, a lot of that stuff is unforgivable. Yeah. Well, as you know, well, it, I think it's hard to deny that Rogue Squadron Two is probably one of the best Star Wars games ever made, and like in the top five, it probably goes like, not in this order, but like the top five probably like Knights of the Old Republic, Rogue Squadron Two, uh, some of the old uh, Tie Fighter games, Tie Fighter X-Men versus Tie. Yep. Yeah. Um, and maybe what was it? Dark Forces. Wasn't there? Is it Rebel Assault or which? No, not the one that's. Uh, isn't there like some really good one that was? Uh, you are taking command of a squad of clone troopers. Oh, Republic Commando is one of oh, the best, hands down. It's, even if you don't like anything prequel related, Republic Commando. I hate the prequels. I think Republic Commando is one of the best Star Wars games ever made. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. It's I'd fantastic. Heard. It's on Steam and it still holds up really well. Is it's it? A, I wonder if it's on sale. I'm gonna go look. It's right really now. good. You know, it's surprisingly, it's probably one of the best squad-based tactics games you've I've played, and it's the only game that actually made me appreciate like battle droids because they seem like such dumb enemies. It is on sale, dude. Get Republic Six dollars and sixty-nine cents. That is more than worth it for Republic Commando. Like, that game actually makes super battle droids intimidating. Like, from the perspective of a non-Jedi and just a soldier, they're really tall and they're really powerful. Oh, it's just, like, a lot of fun stuff going on Kashyyyk, fighting side-by-side of Wookiees, <laughs> you see them tear stuff up. So, like, little things. Like, they really fit into the universe. Like, the like the Republic Commandos will have, like, little... Uh... Ooh, I got a new trading card! <laughs> a Star Wars trading card? Uh, no, a summer sale. You get trading cards based on how much money you spend in the summer sale. Ah, uh, Cool. But like the little things too, like the, the 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 world feels lived in, which is something that, for the most part, the prequels didn't feel. They felt so clean and sterile, like a hospital. But Republic Commando sort of it sort of feels like old Star Wars in the new Star Wars world, which is a nice little twist. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I'm sorry, I just one of my old. My no, that's Repu- great. Man. No, I'm glad you went through that. You know, I really wish somebody would like make an HD port of the old Tie Fighter game. Yeah, that'd be that's awesome. a game I'd love to try playing again. Um, though I do well, remember some stuff that I was willing to put up with then that I don't know if I'd be willing to put up with now. There's well, a lot that's what of- I'm about to say with, with Rebel Strike. I was about to get into this with the Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Like, well, the, the whole reason why I even got into this old Star Wars kick is because uh, it was the 10th anniversary of 
Knights of the Old Republic. So that's why it was on sale on the iPad for like $5. So, I, you know, I, I have this GameCube in front of me and I'm playing Star Wars on my iPad and I'm thinking like, man, I remember those Rogue Squadron games. I sort of picked them up and talk about old game design. That game is basically one giant fail state. It's like the entire game is trying not to get into a fail state. Oh, really? The, the, oh, the, okay. Oh, go ahead. You're saying? No, the, I'm just clarifying. This is like Rogue Squadron 2 on the GameCube? Yeah, Rogue Squadron 2 on the GameCube. Yeah. The whole game is just like basically trying not to get into a fail state. If the thing you're trying to escort takes too much damage, oh, fail state. Oh, I hate that mission. stuff. Um, if too many of these canisters that you're trying to defend get blown up, fail state. If you get blown up three times, fail state. If the things you haven't protected enough, fail state. It's not like a soft fail state. If you die three times, game over screen. Go to the main menu. Push start. Enter your name. Pick the mission you want to go into. Pick your fighter. Go back into the mission. Oh, this what? is a really hard mission. You die three more times? <laughs> what? I don't even understand that. That's what all games were like back then. Like a lot of these action games. Look at but Castlevania. Why would you put your name in? Oh, it's like an arcade game? Oh, uh, the profile. Oh, oh okay. I mean, you pick your profile name. Okay, okay. You know, they have like, you know, five different save slots. But yeah, it's just fail state, fail state, fail state. I mean, it's a really high quality game, but man, I don't think that's acceptable in this day and age. And sometimes it's really bad. Like if I'm at the end of the level and I've gotten past like the first part where I need to escort it. And I've gotten past the second part where I need to bomb these things on the floor. Now I'm on the final third part where I need to pick up this thing before the whole thing explodes. And I die at the end of that. And I get kicked out game over, I have to do the whole thing all over again. That is just not fun in this day and age. I think, I think that's just unacceptable. I, most people wouldn't stand up for that anymore, would they? No. No. But like I said, that's like old school game design. That, that's, that was prevalent back then. And now, even in a short 10 years, people go like, no, don't make them do that over. Just start them back at the last checkpoint and let them keep going until they get it. Oh, and of course, the worst part is the, there's no like... There's no uh, progression system, so the only way that you get stronger is by finding power-ups scattered throughout the level. So, like in one mission, it'll be like advanced lasers. So when the so when the when the ATAT destroys the shield generator, fly backwards, go back to where the shield generator was, fly in there into the rubble, pick up the advanced lasers, and then when you beat the mission, all your sh- ships will have advanced lasers. And it's so distracting because you keep on thinking to yourself, okay, so where's the part where I need to fly in between the broken ships, turn sideways, get the power up, then come back, and then go back and rescue it. You're not <laughs> making this one of the five best Star Wars games ever game sound very good. <laughs> it's, it's just old, old school game design. That's what it was. I mean, that's what, there was no progression. Well, that's what passed for progression. It's brutally hard, and it's like the worst part is they have a like a targeting computer that makes it because you know it, you're trying to fight little black Tie fighters or that are mostly black in you know the vacuum of space. Oh, it's all racist black. now. If they're Tie fighters; they can handle it. Oh, okay. No, I'm not Tie T H A I fighters. T I E fighters. That's terrible. So. What's annoying is that they give you this targeting computer so you can actually make out TIE fighters in the vacu- in the blackness of space. Except if you use it, you'll get points deducted from your score so you won't earn any medals to unlock anything. That's So sucks. they give you tools to make the game more playable, but they don't want you to actually use those tools because it'll deduct from your score. So, so it's, it's very interesting. Don't worry, Chris. Republic Commando is much, holds up much better than this does. Okay, good. I it's just like I said, it, the, so it's better. The, what makes it a good game is it's still quality dogfighting. It's still very faithful to the source material. 
They got great sound effects, great music, great mission design. It's just cloaked in like arcade game design of put in another quarter, fail state, fail state, fail state. But thankfully, there are codes. So if you don't want to deal with any of that crap, you don't want to search for power-ups thrown thrown throughout the various levels to actually make your vehicles better, you can just put in a code. Oh, all right then. Yeah, yeah. So I just put in a couple codes. I said, forget this. Just give me all the power-ups. Forget this. I don't want to fly through the t- the training mission four times and day, uh, evening. You know, for some it uses the GameCube clock, which is strangely enough. So if you play a certain mission after six p.m., you get the nighttime version. If you play it during the in the afternoon, you get the daytime version. So it's it's confusing. But anyway, that's my long rant on Star Wars. There you go. Cool. All right. So you mentioned another game in there that you were playing. Um... Which one? Oh, Kotor on the iPad. Can you tell oh, just how a little plays, bit. right? Just a little bit. Okay. All right. Well. Um basically it it uh it plays really well. It works surprisingly well even on lower powered machines like A5 chips. Um to move, it's like it's like a trackpad. All you have to do is just sort of slide your finger up or down anywhere on the screen and your character moves forward and depending on how far you you slide it from where you start, you can run or walk. Easy to scroll around. Fighting is just simple. It's basically the same interface, but your your finger is the mouse cursor. It works surprisingly well. It runs well. It it looks good on. The, it looks great on the device. No crashes as far as I can see. I mean, if you're interested in trying out the game, uh, have it be a portable. You know, a portable title. It totally works. Okay, that's all. That's it. But yeah, old school game design. Hmm. All right, so that leaves John. John, buddy, what you been up to? I I have been playing some things. Would you Um, mind telling us what they were? Well, since it's been quite a long time since I've been on the podcast, um, I have managed to successfully finish Persona 4 Golden, getting the true ending. Nice. Um, so far, at least, it is probably my RPG of the year because it came out in 2013 in Europe, so I can count it as such. <laughs> yes, I'm sneaky. Um, yeah, very good. If you haven't played it yet, go and play it. If you don't have a Vita, go and play it on the PS2. It's still pretty good. Just do it. Go on, do it. It's really good. Particularly, well, I was just thinking about when you guys were talking about the Shin Megami Tensei stuff earlier. I was like, well, I'm just trying to... I. I <laughs> I don't have a vast amount of experience with the entire Shin Megami Tensei series, so I wouldn't really be quite sure where to put um, sort of Persona 4 on the kind of difficulty level. Um, the, the Persona games, especially 3 and 4, are a lot more forgiving. Yeah, that, that, that was generally my sort of thoughts about, from what I've heard, that Persona is a bit easier than, say, the mainline Shin Megami Tensei series. Um... And yeah, because I, I, I was playing the game on normal, and I didn't really have any trouble with... Um, one, once I had an established strategy, I didn't have any trouble with either the golden exclusive boss, the final boss, or the true final boss, once I had that down. Uh, yeah. As for other stuff, um, I have somehow, at least according to Steam, and I think at least some of that is AFK time, I have somehow managed to pour 35 hours into NBA 2K13, and I'm not quite sure there's, how. There's, you, you were getting trading cards or something. 
It doesn't have trading cards. You thought it had trading cards, maybe. There's no uh, way you put 35 hours in NBA 2K15. <laughs> well, I have been playing it for quite a while. All right. I don't know. I did. I do occasionally play sports games. It, this one just happens to be actually fairly decent. All right. Shocking. I can certainly see why um, this one, which is made by 2K, uh, has always consistently outdone EA's basketball games to the extent where EA just doesn't bother anymore. Well, you know, I know EA dominate a number of other sports, um, like, you know, football, both English and American. Yeah, football and football. Um, with FIFA and Madden, um, this this is the one sport that they haven't managed to do. I know Sony has a stranglehold on baseball, so... I thought Konami had the big uh, no, Pro soccer Evolution, game. No, Pro Evolution Soccer's crap. Oh, Okay, then. At least according to my football-loving partner. It's been crap for about five years, if you didn't hear that. Okay. So, no, the EA have, have kind of stomped all over that one. At least as far as soccer's concerned. Um, and yeah, other stuff. Um, uh, Kerbal Space Program, now on Steam with trading cards. I already have played a lot of Kerbal Space Program, and I've recommended it on this cast numerous times before uh, i think it is currently on sale yeah it is is it yeah yeah oh uh, no it's not on a it's not on a flash sale though it, it sometimes goes down to about 50 percent 50, uh, 50% off it's only 10% off at the moment okay. uh, uh, if it goes on flash sale again and you kind of have a passing interest in uh like building rockets get it it's still in development, so they'll be adding more stuff to it. So buy it cheap now. Yeah, the game retails for twenty three bucks. It's on sale for twenty dollars and seventy cents. Yeah, uh, it. I say normally that ten percent, that minus ten percent gets adjusted to like minus fifty. All right. Keep so. an eye out. Um. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the last game is my most recent import, which is um, Gundam Breaker. I was wondering if you've heard of that. No, what is that? Gundam Breaker is uh, the latest action game released in the Gundam series. And basically, rather than presenting itself as a kind of in-universe, you know, you, you take your robot and beat things up, it is instead presented as a game where you build your own unit out of um, model Gundam parts and fight other ones. Ooh. No, it's okay. a Gundam game with some actual customized ability. How in. do I get that? Uh, well, it's an import title, so you just go to PlayAsia or something and buy it. Well, that sucks. Obviously, what, it's not what in system? English. What system? PS3. Okay. Um, and yeah, basically, it's a kind of it, it. It it kind of follows the same kind of third person. It, it, actually, I'll tell you what. It feels like a Dynasty Warriors game, like. In terms of like sort of combat mechanics and stuff like that, it is basically Dynasty Warriors Gundam again. Um, but in this one, you can acquire uh, parts and basically sort of kitbash your own Gundam <coughs> out of legs, body, arms, backpack, heads, weapons. Unfortunately, I haven't unlocked anything spectacular yet, so I'm basically sort of just building out of the sort of crappy units that get blown up in one shot in the series. I haven't unlocked anything sort of even remotely resembling something used by a main character yet. But... You know, there's a time and place for everything. Um, I, I'm only on, like, mission four. So, yeah. 
that's I think that's it for me. Okay. Cool beans. Um, I'm just watching a video of Gunnam Breaker here, and it looks. Yeah, because basically, well, yeah, if it, I think in the the trailer might show it in. Um, you regularly play like a one in one four four scale mm-hmm. model. Um, boss. Some bosses take the form of uh, one in one hundred models, so they're slightly bigger. And then there's a few bosses that are like huge. Like the, uh, I think they're meant to be one in sixty scale. So they're the you know, sort of tower, but they basically take the form of like large enemies, as they did, as they were in um, Dynasty Warriors Gundam Three. Now you've got to sort of shoot body parts out and stuff. Kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking through someone's Let's Play footage, not the trailer. And yeah, the the beginning Gundam looks really basic. Yeah, it, it is. looks like it, well, that's old school. That's because it, that's because it's not even a Gundam. It's a it's a GM. It's a mass produced model. Oh, okay. They, hmm. they don't even they don't even give you have have the decency to give you the parts for the original Gundam to start out. Oh no, you've got to, you've got to start you as like earn the that. you got to earn that shit. Oh man, this looks interesting. I'm I'll be interested to hear as you play it whether or not it's really worth it. Oh, uh, what I might do is um. Uh, record some of my footage at some point and stick it up on my YouTube channel or something. Yeah, or stream it some. Yeah, I could stream it as well. Mm. Alright, cool. Um, but there you go. That, that, I'm, still, basically... I'm still looking for the home version of the Gundam game I played in Japan where you're in the capsule and you've got the foot and hand controls, but I don't uh, think yeah. that's ever going to happen. Uh, the funny thing is, is the, the way this game is presented, it's kind of presented that um, it's like the storyline appears to be that you're in a kind of VR thing. So the, the actual main menu does show those capsules. Oh, sweet. So, <laughs> I didn't check. I didn't see I think, that. I think, you know, I think this is meant to be a kind of reference to something that they may be trying to do on an arcade scale. That's... I have a sneaking suspicion this may be a, this may be a port of an arcade game. Well, Maybe. the the arcade game was first person, the one I played. Oh, okay, yeah, because I know this but one's But it's Japan, person. and I went in 2009, and there's 8,000 Gundam games in Japan, so there very well could be. <laughs> like, yeah, five no, more I, games. I, I, I just kind of... And I, there is, like, a sort of fairly... Um, I haven't tried any of it yet, but I think there is kind of... There is positions for up to four people to participate in a mission, and yeah. normally those are with um, NPC allies who have their own sort of customized units or non-customized units or whatever. But I, th- I think the sort of multiplayer mode is sort of fairly well integrated into that. So I haven't tried it, um, but I might give it a shot at some point. All I know is I'm going to end up with a bunch of, um, you know, I'll be playing with a bunch of Japanese people and I won't understand a thing that's going on. So. Hmm. That's all right. <laughs> Tell, so, yeah. us, tell us what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to let you know. Yeah. All anyway, right. So, yeah, that's, that's me done. Uh, let's see. Do we have any... We have one. No, we have none. Okay. So, feedback was a little light this week, but that's okay because we're just getting back. So, I'm going to request more feedback in the forums. And um, I also need you to call into our phone number at 608-729-4098. And then we can play your call right here on the show. Let's jump into our news, because I uh, ended up finding a fair bit this week, past couple weeks. Um, first off, oh, we already covered this. Earthbound's out on the VU Virtual Console for $9.99, and everyone's happy, right? No, people are upset that it's not on a system they already own. I know, they want it on the 3DS Virtual Console. And quite frankly, I don't blame them for wanting that. 
That would be a very reasonable thing to do. At the uh, same time, I feel like it's pretty patently obvious why it isn't. Uh, you mean to drive Wii U console sales? Yeah. Yeah, because people are going to buy it for a $10 Super Nintendo game? Uh, there are people that are gaga over it. I mean, here's the thing is, is I don't think this by itself is going to be a system seller. But I mean, how many people have a five to buy, right? Uh, or a three to I buy? I only know Michael. But... We, we discuss it a lot on the forums. Okay. So people basically have a minimum amount of games that they want on a system before they're going to consider buying it. Mm. If you don't already have a copy of Earthbound, I guess this does make sense for you then. And realistically, if it's $300 to buy the game and 350 to buy a Wii U and Earthbound... Whoa! Is it that much? Yeah. No! I'm going yeah. to eBay right now. It, it's not that high anymore. Oh, did it drop? Oh, yeah. 145 Wow. I have yeah. a copy of this. <laughs> it dropped like a rock. Wow. Yeah, this is this is kind of like the thing like where you should, probably should have sold your copy of Radiant Silver Gun just before they announced that it was coming. Oh, Don't no, remind no, me of that. Bought a copy of Radiant Silver Gun right before it went on XBLA. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Remember, I was buying Saturn games and they were announcing remakes of every Saturn game I bought. Yeah. I'm still waiting for it's the good, Dragon Force it's remake. It's a good thing I it's announced. a good thing I already had that copy of Night Center Dreams. Hold on. Okay, I'm over it. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't know Earthbound cost that much on Super Nintendo. Even now, over 150 bucks average, 130—that's ridiculous. You what would, were you expecting? Not that much. So here's the one you want right here: um, <laughs> Earthbound Super NES, complete with the large box, the game guide, and the cartridge. That's oh, what geez. I. Oh man, that's a lot. They got no bids on that. They want 370 bucks for that. No. Let's see. Here's one newly listed. Is this mint in box for 589? No thanks. No, it's not. It's opened, but it's super complete. Like it has the plastic wrap around the uh game. That's awesome. That's a great connect. Does it have the scratch and sniff? Does it have the scratch and sniff? Wait, that was a scratch and stuff? Yes, inside the, the player's guide, I think it was. Um, it was for a contest, and you, like you won an air freshener. If you have correctly identified what the scratch and sniff smell was. And I gave an answer that wasn't technically correct. It smelled like something my mom had in the herb closet. But it, um, it, uh, they counted it anyway. They were just going for garlic. And I forget what I answered. Some weird Italian herb or something. But, okay, anyway. Hmm. Uh, so Earthbound's out. Ten bucks. People are upset, A, because it's ten bucks instead of eight bucks like all their other Super Nintendo games. Which doesn't bug me that much, but it's because it's obvious why they're doing it, because they know they will make the money off of it. Um, and B, it's only on the Wii U, which is great for me because I have a Wii U, but not great for most people who don't. So a little miffed about that for people. I don't know. At least it'll be there when you finally get one. Because, you know, there's all those great Wii U titles coming that are going to lead you to inevitably be buying a system, right? Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So maybe this isn't so great. Maybe Earthbound, we should still consider it not truly released on any popularly available emulation platform. Oh, just play it on OER or something. (laughs) Just pirate it. Ooh, yeah. 
Oh. By the way, anybody wow. who has not seen the amazing unboxing video, oh, God, I eleven's um, current column needs to go now and watch it. It is the best unboxing video ever. Is that oh, the, was, the, yeah, the, we were going to get into that. Is that the this is really disappointing one? Yeah, yes. Yes. yeah, but yeah. We, that's in my lineup, Anna. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, we'll do that next. Yeah, so we got a currents column up now for some industry news. And if I can find it. Um... You guys haven't seen that before? That video is so old. No, <laughs> that I have Yeah. It's so, made us rated around the internet everywhere. The Ouya Boxing Sincere Regret Yeah, edition. you don't even bother. Just, just Google. If you're having yeah. a hard time finding it, just Google uh, what? Ouya Disappointment, right? Yeah. You'll find it. It's, it's like the first million hits on Google. Oh, yeah, disappointment. It's everywhere. Okay. It's an awesome video. Um, the dude is so depressed while watching it. Uh, I, obviously, he's putting on Are you going to play for us now or now? No. Okay. I, I can't. I don't have it set up so you could hear it on the podcast at home. Oh. So it'd be a lot of silence. <laughs> Not so good. Uh, all right. So also in our little currents roundup, besides the Ouya coming out and having a bunch of games that on a controller no one wants to use for a system no one wants to buy and a... Uh, game graphics level no one is really satisfied with. Um, it's out, and it, it seems to be selling through in the in the stores we go to. Right, Anna? Yeah, but I mean... How many did they get? In the grand with? scheme of things, it's Madison. Yeah. So the fact that the Best Buy gets four in at a time and they sell out before they get four more may not be an indicator of popularity. Yep. Oh, that's... Yeah, sorry. I just found Sean just tweeted out a link to uh, Nintendo's Wii U official Virtual Console page, where it says the regular price for Super Nintendo games will go between seven ninety nine and eight ninety nine. Earthbound's out at nine ninety nine, <laughs> so they violated their own pricing policies. Oh, that's funny. All right. Hey, anyway. they know they can charge a premium, so they charge a premium. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It's just it's funny that they they forgot they even had that. I bet. Oh. I'm sure they do. They just didn't care. <laughs> Xbox One um, continues a bumpy ride. Great article up by CheapyD over on Cheap Ass Gamer talking about how little all the controversy about the Xbox One will probably matter in the long run, kind of giving you per- some perspective. Um, regardless of how much they screwed up, you know, here's what is actually probably going to matter in the long run, which is, is, is not that much. Um, but uh, in addition to that, we also see Don Matrick leaving uh, Xbox division and going to work at Zynga. Uh-huh. Snake That's... leading snakes. <laughs> now, here is the thing that really, really, really made me angry is they have replaced him with a woman. And I feel terrible because I do not what? remember her name. Does she have a vagina? <sighs> no, oh. she feels terrible because she doesn't remember her name, not because she's a woman. Breasts cares. And the thing that just made me completely mental is I made the mistake of reading comments of a couple of articles. And that's where the misogynistic morons Don't you follow that Twitter feed? Don't read the comments? Yeah, I do. I do. Don't you know you don't read the comments? (laughs) I have to for my job. And it's become a bad habit. And I should never, ever, ever do that again because the amount of sexist pigs we have playing video games, men and women... There were women that were upset that a girl was chosen. This well, is the thing that girl. stuns she's me. Woman. She's a grown woman who pays taxes and has, you know what I mean? has kids, menstruates, for goodness sake. She's a woman. Let's not treat her like a little girl. Anyways. 
people suck. <laughs> okay. No, I, I know, but I feel like sometimes even just calling her a girl, I feel like sort of gets to this point. Like it's demeaning. Like, like you would never call Don Metric the boy who runs Microsoft, right? The Xbox. Um, no, most people call him the idiot who runs Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more respectful. Um, but you do see boy tossed around for really young people and really young guys in charge of things. It like still the feels Wonder a little boy and stuff like that. It? Yeah. So I, I and honestly, if she's an experienced, if she's an experienced, I mean, uh, head division head, who cares? It's not like she's gonna come in and all of a sudden everything's gonna be a cake game. Well, this is the Windows Pokemon. lady, right? Or who is this? What was she hey, doing at least it's this? not the lady who used to run Hewlett-Packard. She was apparently dreadful. Wait, is that the one who ran for governor in California? Maybe. I, all I remember is my dad complaining about her, about driving the, country, uh, the company into the ground. I mean, seriously, if you're going to complain about this woman, at least know what she's respons- what she's done or she's had any actual you know, blunders. Right, in, and that's the thing. is, It's like if, if her resume is terrible and she's completely inappropriate for the position, that would be one thing. But, I mean, these people are like, it's a, it's a female. Oh, not even that. It's, they're not even considered enough to say the word female. They just call what do they call the most condescending word they could possibly think of, right? Probably they're not terrible allowed to people. cast that. They're terrible people. Well, come on. We should know this already. There's this huge back. I, it's just – in this weird way, people feel like we're taking away their, to- their their toys are being taken away or they're letting people into their secret club that shouldn't be there. I mean you, you've seen this with all the Anna Sarkeesian stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. But I hear you. I hear you. I'm sure we're going to get uh, vetoed on – or what's it called? Not vetoed. Boycotted on Reddit for this. Are we? I don't know. <sighs> so okay, so Matrick is out, and he's gonna. He go went to Zynga. He went to Zynga yeah. to be to be the CEO of Zynga. And I think gamers generally are happy about that, right? It's not like Matt. I don't know. It's not like Matrick is directly responsible for any Microsoft's fall, uh, Xbox's follies. He, he has to do something, doesn't he? Yeah, but it's not like you can directly blame him for what. Oh, he's. I mean, he has to do more than just get on Spike TV and tell people to just buy Xbox 360s if they want to play offline. It's still that corporate culture. Like, you think they weren't? Like, if Matrick wasn't there, they wouldn't charge for Xbox Live Gold. I I don't know. Um, I mean, wasn't that decision made before Matrix was in Matrix was in charge? Exactly. So what, what, what would have been different? I, I don't know. Maybe the DRM stuff. Who knows? Yeah, right. Yeah. Look at Microsoft corporate Well, it's different culture. now. All right. Sony, Sony learns from past missteps. What is this? Um, oh, nobody cares. Okay. Double fine hits a snag. We have the double fine thing. And, ooh, rumors. Rumors. There's a rumor about Persona 5 being in, in, in development. Ooh. Shock. Ooh. Wasn't that because of a like a, they a, registered a domain? Yeah, I was going to say a domain, domain registration. Yeah. Eh, the usual. There's a rumor that Virtual Boy games will come to the 3DS Virtual Console. Probably not, because Nintendo wants to actually... Well, they don't put anything up on the Dan thing anyway, so they're only going to put up stuff that makes a lot of money, which probably wouldn't be Virtual Boy games. And let's see... And they might put Star Wars characters into Kingdom Hearts. Big whoop. I don't know if I... 
Am I against that or okay with it? If if it's okay, I'm sort of, you know, yeah, no generally problem. don't care. I mean, I didn't really have that much trouble when Pirates of the Caribbean was in Kingdom Hearts 2. It was a little weird, surprised. but... It's not that weird. Didn't you guys see that uh, that Star Wars show, which is just like the Star Wars meme show for kids? It was what? like they had like a little Admiral Akbar running around the screen saying, It's a trap! It's a trap! It's a trap! It's like this weird kid show. That's like every terrible Star Wars meme you can imagine turned into a kid show, like a 30-minute kid show. I mean, the, the the bastardization of Star Wars started a long time ago. Was it like a Clone Wars series? It was like a it was like breaks or like it was a short. It's like a Star Wars shorts or something. So I don't know. But anyway, but I mean, uh, I don't know. If you're complaining that it dilutes the Star Wars brand, <laughs> too late for that. So just I just or that you hate that Square Enix and Star Wars guys are hanging out. I don't know. I don't know. What's there to hate, right? Really? Seems par for the course. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there's anything Tetsuya Nomura can do any worse than what George Lucas may have already done to the franchise. Boom. And this is coming from someone who doesn't care that much about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, forget that. Let's move on. Oh, Disgaea D2 has a release date and a limited edition. So if you're wondering... Disgaea D2 is out in Europe in September 27th and October 8th in North America. And there is a big old limited edition that's probably all sold out now. Right? The one with the strategy guide is definitely sold out. Oh, the other one looks like they've got 50% of stock left. Comes with two figures, an art book, and the game, and collector's art cards. Sweet. All right. Moving on. Inazuma 11.3 coming out in September 27, 2013. And this is, does this say here or oh, Europe, of course. So Of course. You guys don't get Inazuma 11 games because you don't like football. And even if we wanted to, we can't import these because of the region lock on the 3DS. Yep. So one and two is all we get to play here unless we buy a European 3DS, which is ridiculous. Okay. Why do you think I want them to get rid of the region lock? Yeah, good Keep holding your breath on that. Yeah, I know. The remake of the first Etrian Odyssey, Etrian Odyssey Untold Millennium Girl, has a release date for fall, well, a release window, fall 2013. Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. It has an actual date now. October 1st, (laughs) $39.99. That's a good release date. October 1st? Why? Yeah. Well, it's April Fool's Day. (laughs) October 1st? Oh, October 1st. They said April 1st for some reason. October 1st. What? That would be I'm next like, year. I can't hear properly. October, October 1st. The, you know, the other April 1st. Yeah, the the, other you know, April that's, 1st, but... that's one way of doing an April 1st. Have all your April 1st stuff be on October 1st. No, no, on a different day. Yeah. No one expects that. Right. No one expects Ghostlight to do a good job anymore, right? Um, is that well, fair? After, well, after, no, wait, no. Persona 4 Arena was P-Cube. Oh, okay. Well, screw that. Ghostlight's awesome, and they posted an update on their official blog. <laughs> like, I'm trying to remember. Actually. I like having immediate no, mood shifts. No, Ghostlight. I think Ghostlight is just the one that brings it, that brings across some decent games and then some not so decent games. Okay. Well, that's a, I can't fault them for that. That's like X Seed here. Um, let's see. Elmanage Original is getting limited physical edition, three hundred copies. 
Uh, available exclusively through their web store. This is, of course, for European users. Uh, Factory-sealed PSP box, uh, 92-page art book, uh, certificate of authenticity. That's what I need in all my collector's edition. This is a real collector's edition because people really doubt when they see the game whether or not this is the real collector's edition. And a promotional PSN code for the game to give to a friend, I guess, to play with you. Um, They've also announced that Devil Survivor 2... It's coming out on the DS, and we'll also pre-order is on their online store right now. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> this is weird. So they're doing it. If they get enough pre-orders, then the game comes out. If not, they will not release the game. So they're kick-starting the game through their online store. Okay, whatever. And yeah, that's it. So... Uh, Elman Age Originals out in August, and Devil Survivor 2 have more info next week. And nowhere in this story is it mentioned that this is all about Europe, but Ghostlight only operates in Europe, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so that's important to remember. <laughs> so I don't know anything about when those titles are coming out in the U.S. Devil Survivor 2 is already out, right? Yeah. Did Elman Age come out? Oh, it did. Yeah, all this yeah. stuff's out in the U.S. All right, good. Forget that. How about some actual news about uh, that affects everybody across the world? Wasteland 2 is delayed. The beta is now planned for October, and nobody should be surprised because game developments are game development is always plagued with delays. Honestly, yeah. I, I'm even reluctant to even call it a delay. Yeah. Because how could you even trust uh, like a vague date that you have to put into a Kickstarter before the project even launches for a game that got was like overfunded 300 percent? Or any game, period. You mm-hmm. know, because you have to put in a date, right? They can't just say when it's done in yeah, Kickstarter. I'm, all the big games are getting delayed, and nobody should be surprised. And people are really upset about the double fine delay. Are um, they really? I, I got the opposite well, effect. Everyone's like whatever. either upset that they're splitting the game into two parts instead of just waiting and putting out at one, or they're upset that you know they're slipping and and cutting. I I don't even know. That they um, that they won't make the original date for the first game, and they should just have the game be done, or or that they're missing their dates, and they're as- they need more money, and all that, whatever. And how dare they? What have you, they're multiple- not asking for more money. That's what it sounds like to them. I guess because they they need to go get more money, and they've got another Kickstarter going on at the same time, and with the different team and different people making that game. Doesn't matter to them. It's like how dare they do anything that they haven't released? Yeah. So, I, I don't I don't fo- I don't follow that line right. of thought. It's just that this is what I do. I know people Lucifer, for example, completely doubting and other. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, all this is the place. lesson. I, I, I'm glad this is finally all happening at once with all of these things. Yeah. Kickstarter is not a pre-order system. No, but people are treating it as such. You got to realize that they're not. If they don't do anything, if at this point these companies shut down and walk away. They don't owe you anything. Now, didn't somebody um, sue a company to get their money back from a failed Kickstarter? Uh, yeah, but I don't know if that lawsuit actually even happened, though. Oh, okay. You know, just because you can start a lawsuit doesn't mean the judge won't throw it out the second right, it right, gets there. Right. Hmm. I think it was Code Age Heroes, right? They were threatening legal action because so. the guy dropped off the planet. Yeah. I mean, I Kickstarter know. tries to do what they can to ensure that the people will deliver something, but... Well, I think they, what they did was uh, they implemented the risk section. Yeah, it's every Kickstarter now. 
All right. Well, forget this. Dragon Age Inquisition developer. Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm all start. Blah. Bioware. Like like you need to know who the developer of Dragon Age Inquisition is. <laughs> They, they, this is an interesting article in that they're talking about changes to the dialogue system. My favorite part was like this one. So <laughs> they, the first comment is about how Mass Effect turned into a pick the red or blue option to win experience. Okay, fair. I can understand that. For Inquisition, the studio is looking to include elements aside from the player's decisions that influence the dialogue trees, such as the player's statistics or the companions they have presence during a conversation. Uh, player statistics influencing uh dialogue options my god it's not like the first fallout did that or anything oh wait you know the older bioware games the old republic did that not the not the old republic Uh, like Baldur's gate and stuff did that though yeah 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 and and based who was in your party all that stuff mattered there this article it makes it sound like they just rediscovered this idea for the first time ever it's like bioware you guys did this idea first (laughs) it's like what are you talking about even Shadow Returns does that. Goodness. Uh, whatever. Anyway, that's the only reason I brought that up. So it's like, this is a story somehow, except it's like, y- you would hope that for a Dragon Age game, they would be doing it this way. I hate non-stories that just, someone needs to get paid their $10 for this article they wrote today. I, yeah. <sighs> but, you know, let me say something about Inquisition, Dragon Age Inquisition, which is, I guess, Dragon Age 3, but we don't want to call it 3 for some reason. I am happy that the game isn't coming out anytime soon. Because I think that was the biggest issue with Dragon Age 2, is how it was a rush, more action-oriented sequel. So, <laughs> I'm... The fact that they're just... That we have little non-stories and no word on when the game's actually coming out, I think that's a good sign. So, happy about that. Alright. Online <laughs> only. Dragon Age 3. <laughs> oh no, it's all ruined! <laughs> Exclusively for Xbox One. All right. D3, you know, the publisher that brought you things like Puzzle Quest? They are going to bring out a Adventure Time game based on the TV show, of course. And it is a Diablo-inspired dungeon crawler. What platforms? Um, let's see. I don't... Oh, everything. 360, PS3, Wii U, PC, and 3DS. Huh. So no iPhone or Android. Okay, so let's see. The game's title is Adventure Time. Explore the dungeon because I don't know. And it's an action-adventure dungeon crawler inspired by Diablo. Um, they don't explicitly use the, the letters RPG, but I it's hard to be inspired by Diablo and not be an RPG, so we'll see how that works. Just want to let you know that's out there and coming sometime in the fall. Okay, okay, okay. So you're a big Zelda fan, and you got a spare 150 bucks to blow. What do you do? Get a Triforce tattoo on your tra- for a tram stamp. Okay. So buy what if- every single hardcover strategy guy. There you go. But you know, I'm spending 150 bucks. I want something special about it, Anna. How about we put it in a treasure chest? Yes. And give oh. me a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> and two bookmarks. <laughs> Again with the certificates of authenticity. Such a I didn't realize you were being serious. I was being serious. Yep. And a gold two-sided bookmark. So you get... Let's see. You get the guides for Ocarina of Time 3D, Spirit Tracks, Phantom Hourglass, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and Skyward Sword. So, yeah. If you need a lot of strategy guides... 
Not even art books. Strategy guides, for goodness sakes. Yep. The end. Etrian Odyssey 4, Legends of the Titans, is finally coming out in Europe. Uh, August 30th is the date. It's a good game. I, I like it a lot. Uh, Guild Wars 2 is sending has a cutthroat politics update coming. So you'll have two candidates that I guess you get to vote for. Yeah, you get to use support tokens and coins to help back the candidate of your choosing. And that'll then the election essentially will end on August 5th. And the outcome will have a long-lasting impact on the world of Guild Wars 2. That's kind of cool. I like that sort of stuff. Who do you think is going to win, the the evil side or the good side? Or, excuse me, it's not evil or good, it's light side or dark side, I guess. No, Chris, not the dark side. Mm. Nobody cares. All right. This is good for, for John. The original Guild Wars could run on forever. Is it good for me? Well, don't you like it? Well, yeah, I like the original Guild Wars, but I haven't played it in a while. Well, they're saying we've been doing a lot of automation support, so the game itself could last forever without anybody ever really touching it. (laughs) So does that just mean the game exists for itself? Pretty much. It's like it's like some sort of reboot thing where like there's a an invisible world inside the game we can't see, and they're all happy that the game continues to run because if we shut it down, they die. Long after humanity has died out, Guild Wars will still be running. (laughs) Still running. In a, in a little portable holodeck cube that we ship off into space. Right. Soul Saga. Anna, tell me about Soul Saga. Um, it's a Dreamcast anime-style JRPG. Wait, it's actually for Dreamcast? No, it's oh. a Dreamcast style. What does that mean? Because there were a bunch of other games that came out on the Dreamcast that looked just like this, like oh, okay. Evolution. All right. And so it got kickstarted, and they asked originally for sixty thousand, and they got just shy of two hundred grand. So I kickstarted it for twenty five because I get to me a Wii U code and a Steam code. And she and wanted to kickstart it for like one hundred fifty dollars to get statues. Yeah, there was like a little figurine of the main female character. I'm like, ooh, shiny! So Chris wouldn't let me. Wait, what is this again? It is, a, it is an anime-style JRPG. This is from the from the guys who did. Mm-mm. It's a new guy. He has been Designer working. Mike Gale, former yeah. employee of Microsoft. Yeah, he was working at Microsoft for a long time. But Microsoft, turns out, doesn't make too many JRPGs. <laughs> so what he's done is he's a one-man studio. And anything that he cannot personally handle, he's contracted out. And he's actually made some really smart decisions. Like, the game is going to have full VA, and he lays out who all the VAs are going to be. It's like, like these are that, actual known people VAs. that don't suck. Yeah. So he's doing like union contracts or something, then. That's ridiculous, but awesome. So he's got really good VAs. He's got a bunch of really nice artwork. Um, he's got a fairly, like, strong story pitch and early he put up like a really early alpha combat video which was cool if very very rough and yeah it was just it was a good pitch it looks like an interesting game i felt like he had realistic goals if not realistic money goals i think what ended up happening is is he's been able to fund a lot of this through some other fashion and this wasn't a Kickstarter as a, as much as it was a kick ender. 
it was the last bit of money that he needed or the money that he needed to prove to angel investors that there was enough interest. So I am fairly certain that Kickstarter is not his only form of in- income for this game. I don't understand how it's 2013 and there's never been a game called Soul Saga before. I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah um, he got a really, really good amount of coverage, and he had really realistic um, stretch goals. It was like every five or $10,000, it was something added to the game, and they all sort of made sense in a good progression. So, for example, there was a goal that unlocked airships, and then $10,000 later, he had unlocked airship battles. And then it's like it unlocked the guild, which allows you to store and retrieve extra players player characters near party and then there was like two upgrade perks to the guild system that were the next two five thousand dollar increments so he just it was a really really well designed kickstarter and i'm actually pretty excited to see the final project oh hi um i'm just watching the video of the of the game on green light and <laughs> That's something you should do if you're interested in this game. Um, it's too late to get into the Kickstarter, obviously, but A, keep an eye on their website. Maybe they'll have some sort of slacker backer option. They, they do have, I believe, a PayPal option Oh, okay. on their so, website. So you can go do that. Yep. And you can go to Greenlight and vote them up. And that'll help them get released that on Steam. That is super important. Yeah. So check it out. And they've got a uh, video that shows off the voice acting so you can see whether or not you like the voice acting that they've got in the game. And uh, yeah. The only reason I, do, I want to keep this from sounding like a commercial. <laughs> Too late. I know, right? <laughs> so I'll just move on. <laughs> That's the best thing I could do right now, probably. Diablo 3, the, the console demo was playable at San Diego Comic-Con, which I've got in here more as a reminder to talk about what's going on at Comic-Con. For that, I turn to our special West Coast correspondent on the East Coast, Manny. <laughs> uh, comics, yo. I'm out. All right. That's all I know. Dude, I don't know anything. I Just, thought there was uh, branding stuff. You said there's branding stuff happening at Comic-Con. I don't, I don't know. Merch. Diablos. You can buy... Oh, okay. NECA's making a Diablo statue. Funko Pop is making StarCraft and World of Warcraft little Funko Pop vinyl figures. Um, If you want to spend $400 on a one-six scale figure of Jim Rayner in power armor with flashing LED lights, you can totally do that now. Mm. And everything you can ever want from an RPG, you can purchase as a shirt. <laughs> of course, all the real news is coming out of PAX Australia right now, which is going on. Like what? Uh, stuff like I, I linked you guys a story. Oh. It's a. Uh, Let me get it up. Apparently, some new Borderlands 2 DLC was announced and they're bumping up the level cap. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. Okay, Borderlands 2 DLC and new level cap, just like you said. What do we got? Five bucks gets you the Ultimate Vault Hunter Upgrade Pack 2. <laughs> there was already a first one. Okay. Which comes with the Digistruct Peak Challenge Map and 11 levels. I guess that's the level cap bump. So that gets you up to 72. And two or three additional Headhunter Packs for Borderlands 2 are also on the way. Starting with TK Baja's Bloody Harvest which sees a return of Borderlands character TK Baja, who I have no idea who that is. Uh, none of this stuff is in the season pass, so be prepared to shell out. It'll all be out by, like, a, you know, Halloween. So, 
Oh, and you've already got that one. So, yeah, there we go. And that's it from San Diego Comic-Con and PAX Australia. Where do Apparently, you go? Batman and Superman movie was just announced at San Diego Comic-Con 2013. Oh, really? Yep. Where did you find that out? Twitter. Twitter. Ooh. See, like, where do you go for... Uh, for news for stuff like this. Like, where do I find a compendium all gaming-related figure and merchandising news released at Comic-Con? Well, go to the Diablo 3 website, and you'll see, or just, or the World of Warcraft website. They'll show you all their stuff, how they're making special Sylvanas stuff. There's new comic books coming out, new art books for World of Warcraft. I want it all in one place, though. All right. <laughs> Worldofwarcraft.com. I, okay, new licensed products. Here we go. We have a... Wow, that's loud. We've got the Queen of Blades sculpture. we got a Jim Ranger statue. And Deathwing in grayscale. Okay. Click on that uh, Jim Rayner figure. That thing is insane. It's fully articulated. Ooh. It's an actual. It's like an actual action figure. It's just like a 12 inches tall. The gigantic power armor. Oh, wow. Look at that tiny apple they put next to it. And oh, I like, like how his sword apple. looks like you can use it to cut open the apple. Or his sword. His gun with the blade on it. So, wait. So, they've got this Jim Rayner thing. They've got the statue on the left, right? What are these things yeah. on the right? What statue? Or the figure on the left. And then they got these two other figures on the right somehow? So, he's got well, multiple guns? Oh, okay. So, they've got this awesome Deathwing statue that's huge. It's gray, which means, I guess, that means you get to paint it. No, no, I think that's a prototype. Oh, so you're going to make it colored later? Hey, if it's like $400, they better paint it. Hmm. Okay. I know, that's just me. What are Insight Editions? Uh, They do their art books, I think. Oh. Along with Epic Books. What does that mean? You can buy World of Warcraft and Diablo-themed stationery and poster books. If you ever wanted to write a letter like it came from the desk of Tyrael, now you can. Okay. Wow, what a waste of time. Oh, oh, there's a there's a kids book coming out for World of Warcraft. Oh, that's right. Apparently that's like the the, the first Blizzard uh, children's book. Yeah, Metzen wrote it. It's about a snow fight involving like all the main characters from Warcraft. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's Chris. Funny. Yeah. I want that book for Christmas. I know you do. And I want you to read it to me. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So And I will sit on your lap and drink hot cocoa. Okay. This is getting steamy. Um, <laughs> so no other San Diego Comic-Con or PAX Australia stuff we should know about? Um, I think it's all happening as we speak. There so. was some crap about a gender panel at... PAX Australia that blew up a couple weeks ago that we never talked about, but it's probably dead at this point. Mm. Um, did you mention that Natsume is there? No, Natsume is at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, it, there's a playable hometown story. And plushies. Uh, y- y- yes. Oh, or are they gone? I don't know if you mentioned this, but you know, remember the Book of Cain that they made? Yeah. They're making a sequel called The Book of Tyrael. Same kind of style, but this time it's like an old tome 
of the like of the history of the battle or something or of angels versus demons why from would Tyrael's Tyrael, perspective. Why would Tyrael write a book? It's his job as the justice dude. Didn't he take over as wisdom or something? Yes. So he's got to so, write stuff down now. He's like, oh, all this paperwork. I'm going back to being justice. Well, he's not. He do, he isn't going to live forever. He's mortal. So yeah, it does make kind of a sense for him to he's start writing. Mortal, stuff. but I mean, I don't think he's going to die anytime soon. I don't know, man. It's like forty something. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Sure, it does. He's getting older. Yeah. Okay. He's middle aged. He has to worry about stuff like prostate exams, <laughs> heart conditions. He's got to start yeah. taking care of himself. Lower salt intake. Is there even food to eat in heaven? Is there an angel of prostate exams? How does that work up there? There's no food up there either. How, what's he going to eat? I don't know. Manna. So, right. I thought that, that was just pure light. I don't. That he won't get fat then. All right, Path cool. of Exile has an update, and they've put in Twitch streaming. I think that's really cool. Path of Exile is now supported with channel chat, which lets you converse directly through the stream, and you can stream gameplay directly from the game client with full webcam support, and it lets people... You can do real-time spectatorship of people playing, and you can look at leaderboards as he was playing online right now. And all you got to do is link your Path of Exile account with a Twitch account, and you're good to go. That's really cool. And that's a uh, game that's there free. Are more, there are more and more games now, including, like, built-in Twitch plugins I love it. kind of thing. I know, I think it's Planetside 2 has been able to stream direct to Twitch for a while. And I think Call of Duty Black Ops 2 supports it as well, actually. Is, is Twitch still having the issue where, like, they started doing interrupting ads? No. Because that started, like, I remember that, like, a month or two ago, people started to complain that Twitch was doing full-screen ads while they were watching a stream. Oh, that happens well, all the time, on, right? on some people's channels, the people who, um, there are people who are registered who can run ads whenever they want. Yeah, but this How was, like, earn... on, like, morning stream podcasts, or I remember hearing about this, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I use Adblock, so. Maybe it was just Justin TV and not Twitch. It might have been Justin because I don't remember that happening on Twitch. Okay. Or I say because I got a pretty prolific Twitch viewer in the house. So. I mean, they're the same darn thing as far as yeah. I no, I know, I know. But so, all right. Yes, well, but as whatever. far as I know, David doesn't watch anything on Justin. Because I'm loving Twitch, and I would just it would break my heart if they start doing those full screen ads again. Because then I got to leave because it just it makes doing a podcast stream pointless if you keep interrupting the talking with with full screen ads that I don't know when they're happening for you. So I can't take a break. <laughs> if I knew. <laughs> All right. And oh, Noodle says it just does it at the beginning. But that's okay. At the beginning, I can handle. I'll just start yeah. streaming early and get you in there early. Yeah. So as soon as you play, it plays for like 30 seconds and it goes back and doesn't bug you again. That's fine. That's acceptable. If that's what we need to do to support this service, which we all rely on. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Drakengard 3. I've got info on this sequel. <laughs> I love this quote. Will not feel much like a Square Enix release. Hey, Human Revolution on the iPad doesn't feel like a Square Enix. Remember, remember on Twitter you were like incredulous. How can they charge $6 for it? That seems a bit low. And I'm like, yeah, that's because the people in North America designed the pricing model. Yeah, except that I found out that it is, it's a lie. And there's, no, there's I, I, I told you on Twitter. Yeah. You see it? It's in-app purchases, though. No, they're, they're completely non they're, – they're 100% ignorable. 
Oh, really? They have Absolutely 100% no bearing. IAP you can get in the game. Oh, no one told me that. I told you on Twitter. You ignored I me. I missed it. I didn't yeah. mean to. I mean, you can buy things like bullet refills. You don't need anything. Not only that, though, the game is designed with a new game plus mode in mind so that you could, when you beat the game, you could totally play it again, bring over all the stuff you had, and then buy like that super expensive rocket launcher that you couldn't afford the first time. Not only that, though, they've recently lowered the prices for a lot of stuff with this latest update, and they've uh, sort of updated how much money you earn, how much how much experience points you earn, and they actually increased a lot of it. So you, now you have even less reason to pay for anything. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why it's six ninety nine though, is because it's the first part in a long ser- in, a, in a, it's what's going to be an ongoing series. So by the time you finish the series, maybe you'll pay like you know twenty or forty dollars. Who knows? Of course, it's a six hour game, so you're still getting I think your money's worth. I'm I'm so much more excited to start playing that now. I've got I what a, I why did I bother hooking my oh I know why. Okay, I was going to ask, why did I bother hooking my PC back up? I just want to play games on my iPad now. And I remembered Steam trading cards. Mm. Mm, They're smart. Okay. Anyway, Guard 3, <laughs> it's not going to feel much like a Square Enix game, supposedly. Uh, the original concept of this title was to make a game that didn't feel much like a Square Enix title. It's not a game that will make everybody happy. Well, good, because that's what Square Enix titles are known for right now. But it is one I think people who are curious about it should watch for upon release. What does that mean? What does that mean? Okay. So they told us that it won't feel like a Square Enix game, but that's okay, in my opinion, because Square Enix games haven't felt much like Square Enix games for a while. So that's probably a good thing, right? No? No one knows. No, no, no. Okay. Well, in, in what sense is it going to be more? It's when they say not a Square Enix game, they mean not designed by Square Enix Japan. I I don't know. I they don't say. Because you got to give me a context for that. What does that mean exactly? I... Totally. I know, I know what you're saying. I'm talking to the people who said that. Regardless of your musical likes and dislikes, I think part of it will really startle you. What's that exactly? I'd be a spoiler so wait, they mean if we the, told you. They mean um, the music is why we I, won't think of it as a Square Enix game? I, I don't know. Maybe? That's what this person, this writer interprets it that way. For so. me, it doesn't feel like a Square Enix means reasonably priced. <laughs> <laughs> Old school Japanese RPG mechanics. Um. No, that doesn't feel... Wait, wait. Un, wait, you're saying doesn't feel like a Square Enix game. Right. That doesn't feel like a screen. Uh, if a if a game came out like Final Fantasy VI right now, it would not feel like a Square Enix game. As hey, a, if a, a bu- game that came out like uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution came out, that wouldn't feel like a Square Enix game either. It would feel like the new Square Enix. Yeah, the Square Enix that still. But no, make that money feels like an Eidos game. Eidos is its own thing. I'm talking about Square Enix. You know, makers of popular titles like Final okay, Fantasy XIII. Making that distinction is a different two. thing. <laughs> and that's what I was saying about the iOS game because that's an Eidos game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the difference there. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what it is. Disgaea 4 is coming out in Vita in Japan. I'm sure it'll come out here eventually. We don't know you when. Um, I, uh, I thought that one had already been announced for Europe. No idea when. <laughs> Nobody's surprised because they've released every other Disgaea game for handhelds. And yep. uh, so. Well, I'm mostly way... looking forward to it. Disgaea 4 was, was really good. Is he going to play it again? I never played it. Mm. I How long does it take watched... you to get through a Disgaea game? 
I only ever watched my housemate play it slowly over the course of a few weeks slash months. Doesn't this guy t- take as long as you're willing to dive into the item worlds? Basically. Well, there's a kind of difference between trying to get to the end of the... Trying to get to the, just the end of the, the main chapter story. And then trying to get all of the secret stuff done and all secret characters and... Yeah. And sometimes it's just a simple side quests that are just there in front of you. Not even the secret stuff. They could just extend that for ever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm sorry. I was busy playing with the, the, the stream viewers. What did you say? How long does it take, John? As long I'm as you so want, sorry. basically, right? Well, what's the minimum if I just want to play the story? I'm trying to remember how long it took me to finish Disguise 2's story. Oh. I don't think it Use the, the website, how long to beat. Oh how long to beat.com. Oh, that sounds awesome. What's this? How yeah, long like to beat.com. You never heard of that website? It's like the best website ever. If I did, I totally forgot about it. Oh wow, they've got logins and everything. Okay. Disgaea four. You found one game. Main story, thirty seven hours. Okay, well let's check that. Disgaea... But there's also completion stuff on the side. Yeah, I see. If you want yeah, to be a completionist. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, Disgaea 1, where is that? Disgaea... Disgaea uh, 1 is subtitled... Uh, 42 up, and a half hours, and I know it took me more than that. Disgaea 2? It's an average Disgaea of one. Put stuff in. No, no, I mean, look up Disgaea 2. Okay, I got all of them up here by just searching for Disgaea. So yeah, Disgaea, Disgaea 2 says 29 hours from the main story. Main story plus extras, 113. Completionist, 840. That sounds about right. Or if you move yeah. over to the PSP version, main story is 36 hours. Main story plus extra only 72 and a half hours. Completion is 175 hours. Do so they make two th- easier? This is based on people's submissions. Yeah. So there's way more submissions and wider results for Disgaea 2, I, I imagine. Yeah, and they average it out much better. Yeah. Hmm. They still I, think, I think a couple of the mechanics might have been... Uh, might have been like you know, like fixed between a bit like how between um, Persona Four and Persona Four Golden they changed it so that when you fused a Persona you could uh, select the skills that get passed on rather than it being random. I think they fixed a few things like that when going from Disgaea to Disgaea Two Portable. Okay, so here here's here's my problem with the Disgaea series. Okay, so they come out with these big long anime style strategy games on the console and it's awesome, right? People like their games who are into those into that series, right? Okay, great. Then they release a lot of DLC for it, such that buying it all would be completely uneconomical. And then, after all that's done, they don't release like a discounted version that has it all or a bundle pack that gets you that. They release a portable version that adds additional content not available for the console version, all the DLC for one low price on your portable system. Actually, they don't include all the DLC. Oh, they don't? No, Disgaea 2 Portable had plenty of DLC. Mm. Because I had an imported copy of the Japanese one. Okay. And if you got all of the uh, DLC characters, which were fairly cheap, actually, thinking about it, um, you got a bonus character as well, as a sort of bonus. Well, I meant, like, all the costumes and stuff, too, but, yeah. All right. Oh, well, in Disgaea 2 Portable's case, I think it, the only DLC was characters. Okay. Well, what about, like, Disgaea 3? I know they had uh, a ton of DLC on the PS3. 
I can't remember Disgaea Three's DLC. Okay. All right, fair enough. So I have, and I have and I have it on Vita anyway. I think somewhere. But you then you there's no inexpensive way or updated way to get all this content back onto your console version. So if you prefer playing these games on a TV, it's like you are stuck with a paying more money and getting less content. And that I don't bugs know. me. I can't think of very many Japanese developers that do a Game of the Year edition. Yeah. No, well, I mean, they do. It's well, just released they, on the portable. <laughs> well, and also they do... Um, they do, Actually, no, wait, no. They just do um, budget re-releases. The greatest hits stuff. But... Yeah, but does that include everything? Like, all the DLC plus everything? Rarely. But here's yeah. the other thing, guys. The console releases are the ones that get the special edition releases. So if you want all the, the non-game figures and extras and art books and stuff, you have to get it on the console. Chris, man, you got to transcend that. Are you going to dedicate one of your rooms in your house just to your gaming statues? Yes. Um, yeah. So basically, <laughs> I have to buy the limited edition of Disgaea D2 to get all the crap and then wait to play it on the inevitable portable port in order to get all the extra stuff Chris, and play the Chris, full version of the how game. How much crap do you need in your life? I don't get it. Well, and also... The um the the uh, Disgaea uh, portable releases did come with special editions because hmm. that's how we have a uh, Prinula Hall downstairs. Uh, I don't I think, think that happened in the U.S. But um, I have a Prinula Hall. Yeah, I think that came with one of them. Okay, you're saying I'm wrong about everything. All no, I'm, I'm just saying you haven't paid attention to my printy collection. <laughs> PSP Collector's Edition Disgaea. All I'm saying is, man, you don't need a little physical trinket of every single game. How about you save it for the games oh, that you dude, enjoy you the most? Seen, have you seen the D2 Yeah, but I collect printies, so it's important that we get Disgaea stuff. Okay, so yeah, this one, but you, you don't need every statue. Well, this is the only game that does it! This is my problem. Like, this is the series that does it. It's the NIS games or the Disgaea games that, that have this sort of effect where you can't get all the content in the console version. You have to get the portable version and get all the extra stuff. But all the, the really good, you know, collector's edition stuff comes with console edition. It's like, bleh. Hmm. That's what the old public's like 30 hours. It's pretty good. By the way, this, this claim about Disgaea Infinite main story being four hours is a lie. I've played for much more than four hours and did not finish that game. Maybe is bad. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, usually I think it's pretty good. Because usually when I type in how long does it take to beat, I usually get on, I, on Google, I usually just find like a, a forum page where someone asked it. And then you have like two guys say, I don't know, six hours. At least this is a little bit better. <laughs> You're right. It's a little bit better. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Um, we got a review up on our site of Project X Zone. Go check that out. Mike Monkey put it up, and uh, you know I'm not even going to tell you the score. You're going to have to go check it out. Go read the review because the score isn't as important, huh? Called you a tease. Oh, I am score tease. I am. I'm a score tease. All right, and then my final question for the panel before we break for the day, well, for the week, I guess. Animal Crossing. Should I get back into it or not? Go. When was the last time you played a full Animal Crossing? Uh, the DS. Um, it might have been long enough because you skipped the Wii one, right? Right. It might have been long enough that you won't get sick of it. Hmm. 
I didn't enjoy the DS one anywhere near as much as the GameCube one. You want to know something? That's the secret of Nintendo in a nutshell. The first one of whatever series you played is usually your favorite. Is the best one. Yeah. Your first, whichever one it is, your first Mario Kart was the best Mario Kart. Ooh, no, I disagree with that. No. Wait, hold on. Man, because my first Mario Kart was the Super Nintendo one, and there, there are advantages to playing on later versions of Mario Kart than, but than did, that. But did you have as much fun as just a pure joy playing it when you did as a when you played on the Super Nintendo? Ah, you might be right. I was so disappointed with the N sixty four version. There you go. So, this is the first. So and that's why I, I mean it's okay to grow out of this stuff. My first, my favorite Pokemon was the first one I played. Hmm. Cool, cool, cool. But like I said, if it's been long enough, wait, I don't know, but you didn't like the DS one. And the I, DS one I liked definitely it, had... I like the multiplayer parts of it. Well, the multiplayer hasn't been fixed greatly. I mean, <laughs> no. it still has a lot of those annoyances that you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what it, it's all little baby steps, right? They fixed two things, but then they leave four of the things still left in the past. Ooh, I got to agree with Tig's Panther. First Zelda was Zelda 1, favorite Zelda is Zelda 3. That one breaks the mold of that. Uh, to be fair, though, those aren't. I don't wouldn't say those are always identical. You, what you're referring to is Nintendo's iterative games, the ones that yes. are basically always the same each time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. Animal Crossing, Mario Kart, Pilot Wings, Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Unless like you're really really into Pokemon, I think for like just like, your average person, it's like no, no, I'm pretty sure I enjoyed the first one the most because it was all new and I was uh, discovering things for the first time. Uh, I don't think. The original one was my favorite. I actually think um, Black 2 is my favorite. Mm. After that, Yellow. Only because it comes with such an awesome story. I think Yellow is probably my favorite, period, of all the ones I it's played. That? I played a lot after what? that. What do you mean an awesome story? It's the same story. No, no, no. The story of how I got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anna's not going to tell us that story. Oh, I thought I told it to you guys before. Really? Have I never told it on the podcast before? No, I think nobody remembers. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I was like a teenager, and it was like the only thing that I asked for for Christmas. And of course, I was living in Northern Ontario. Huh? Go ahead. Someone groaned. Go ahead. Anyways, I was living in Northern Ontario. It wasn't readily available. My mother was calling Walmart every day from like October and December 22nd. She called and they're like, yeah, we got four copies in. And she's like, can you hold one for like half an hour? And they, they, you know, sort of hummed and hawed. We're not really supposed to hold it because it's a really um, popular game. And my mom was like, look, it's for my daughter. I just have to call, you know, my mother. She's going to come pick it up right away. It's going to actually be 20 minutes. Yeah, okay, we'll hold it. So my, my mother calls my nan. I don't care what you're wearing. Get in the car. Go get the game. So my nan is in her nightgown, pulls a pair of pants on, throws a, a plastic hood over her curlers, runs into Walmart in her coat and pants and nightgown and, you know, runs to electronics. Hey, I'm here to pick up the Pokemon Yellow. And uh, the girl at the counter goes, wow, you guys are really dedicated. How old is, you know, your granddaughter? My nan smiles and goes, oh, 15. <laughs> but I did end up getting Pokemon Yellow for Christmas that year. <laughs> great. <laughs> I wonder if in her mind she was thinking, oh, well, that's sweet that she... 
you know, she's taking care of her special needs granddaughter or something like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I could imagine them thinking that. You know, in her brain, she was thinking as like a little, like a five-year-old, right? Yep. Then she must. And then thinking, my aunt's like, "Yep, like you know, teenager." So either she's thinking, "What a loser," or, "Oh, that's so sweet. She's taking care of that poor, sweet disabled." Girl. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And it, uh, uh, it's really fifty-fifty which way that would have gone. But it's, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that it's become an urban legend in my family. You know, Nan going to Walmart in curlers and her pajamas. Anna, the things we do for you. Seriously. <laughs> you still get guilt tripped with that story? No, no. Oh, no. They don't guilt trip me at all. They think it's awesome. All right, cool. That's cool. That's cool, I guess. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I think we're going to wrap up the show. And if you have cool gaming story moments, yes. put them on the forum, because that would be an awesome feedback section. Or just email us anything. Come on, tell stories, call, send us an email. Definitely. There you go. That's our question or task for the week, right? I want yes. Animal Crossing screenshots. <laughs> it's it's more of the same, but it's better. Okay. <laughs> just like all the other Animal Crossing, it's slightly better. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm going back to my Steam game. Send us feedback at podcast at rpgamer.com. I'll actually check the account next week. And um, 608-729-4098 is our voicemail. And our message boards are at board, that's B-O-A-R-D, dot rpgamer.com. Check us out, and we'll check you out next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye now. <laughs>